Congratulations, you're our first ever celebrity guest here on Scooter Radio. I'm Jack McRobert. And I'm Kieran Butt. Well, dial someone else, okay? Hello? Uh, hello? Ah, oh, well done, Barge. You scared off Drew Barrymore. Uh, we can do it without her, I guess. Oh, well, her last. Because today we're going to be discussing a movie where she was very much an integral part. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Scream, which is, I would say, my favourite horror film of all time. Yeah, a, a comedic slasher movie, which... A satire. Yeah. Satire, should I say, yeah. A satire, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it wasn't um, very much like two different films in the opening scene, and then when it goes on to Neve Campbell in her bedroom, wasn't it? It's like the first opening bit with the killing of Casey... Whatever. Drew Barrymore, yeah. Drew Barrymore, yeah. yeah. It was actually it was pretty like sad. Like the music made us feel sorry for that character before she was gutted like a fish. Yeah, I mean her her performance. That opening scene actually is like that's like an its own film within itself. It's so well realized. It's almost like a short film. Mm. Um, I mean that that scene alone was was worth the price of admission. I think uh, it was amazing. It was like an odyssey almost. Um, before we actually talk about that scene, though, Drew Barrymore, do you know how she actually came into this? No. Well, she was originally cast as Sydney. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Wes Craven was, like, so happy that he's got such a major star, mm. um, at, at, you know, at the heart of this horror film, which he fought so hard to get made, uh, him and Kevin Williamson, who was the writer. And, um, yeah, she, she was, she was Sydney right up until the very last minute, and she called up one day and was like, you know what, I actually don't want to do this. Uh, I want to play the character in the opening scene, yeah, who obviously had dies. The idea, didn't she? Because she, she thought, if I die in this in this opening scene, that means the whole film is going to be so unpredictable, and you won't know where it's going. So it set the entire tone of this film, which was very fresh at the time. Yeah, uh, people tend to forget what a revolutionary horror film this actually was. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that was a brilliant stroke by her. Um, I thought. Um, to be like, she was like a Hollywood A-lister and to be killed off within the first 10 minutes was really kind of, mm. really shocking. Yeah, it was a real controversial sort of time that was brought out as well, wasn't it? Because people thought, this isn't going to make any money in the box of you're bringing out at Christmas time. It was like around the 25th, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. That like, who's going to see that? Yeah. Um, and they thought it was dead on arrival because it didn't make any money, first of mm. all. But then as the weeks went by, it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually became this massive box office success. Um, and I think it is because of the freshness of it and how hip and of the time it was. It's very clearly uh, a 90s film. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that opening scene. So um, your thoughts? Well, 
before we get onto that, I was listening to our last episode because I actually haven't listened to any of our old episodes yet. Yeah, me neither. No. I listened to them enough in editing. The first the first one I've listened to was the last one and never listened having never listened to any of our videos before, I sounded like the most inarticulate, brain dead, punch drunk idiot I've ever heard. <laughs> Making noises that you only understand because you know me. Yeah. And I just think, yeah, for this one, we're going to have full consideration for our listeners, and we're going to go for it, aren't we? Absolutely. This is going to be the scream of, of Scooter Radio. We're going to revitalise ourselves. Baby. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just to scream with the horror genre. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that first film, um, there was, there's like some great, brilliant devices in there, if you will, like the popcorn the, that's now become an iconic thing oh, yeah, now. You love the acting, the popcorn. The popcorn acting, is the best it? actor in this thing. Like yeah. that, the tension that builds is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also, it was it kind of um, gave the first signs of what this film was going to be like. I mean, for the first time ever, we have horror film references about horror films that people have actually seen in real life. Yeah. You have like, uh, was it? They talk about Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. Um, Wes Craven takes a shot at the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street um, sequels. Which obviously oh, I don't think he was a part of. He made the not? first one, I think. Oh, okay. And then they just kind of went off and made more and more. And he takes yeah. a shot at it, like, oh, the first nightmare was great, but all the sequels suck. Remember Drew Barrymore says that. Yeah. So he's like taking a oh, taking a yeah. shot at them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's got it's full of little clever like satirical things like that. Um, satire, satire. Satire, yeah. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean that that opening scene. I don't know what to say about it really. Um, that you could. I don't know, that you could analyse all day, really. Yeah, um, there was... It sort of set the tone for a proper horror movie, didn't it? Mm-hmm. But then it became a bit more comedic, but still kept it sort of like serious sort of slasher aspect to it. I thought I thought overall I loved it. In the opening scene, I loved it when it just, it just sets the mood. And when the guy first calls up, he sounds like an ordinary guy, which I like. He doesn't sound like the later sort of voice-changing ghost ghost face on the phone. Yeah, he just sounds and, like a regular guy. You, yeah. you know the guy who voiced him, actually, Roger L. Jackson? Yeah. I think it is. He um, also the uh, voice of Mojo Jojo. Really? Just a little fun fact, yeah. Oh. Um, but the <laughs> actors never actually met him. So no, he was yeah, ringing them it. on the phone, yeah. and, and so the performances they gave were so natural. Because that's such was, a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. It's a great idea, but he he was he was just full of like he was he had like an intelligence to his voice, which I really liked. Yeah, uh, it was very different to like the standard horror movie monster. It's yeah, it's how it started to it's how it started to grow and form from there, isn't it? He started off, he just sounded like a normal guy who got the wrong number, mm. and then how it sort of pans out from then, and then the camera goes out to sort of the evening the dark evening with the swing sort of swaying slightly the, the crickets outside yeah, it's yeah, really chilling it yeah it really sets the scene and I, I love that and i thought it was actually really sad when she died it was like proper like really like made you get into the psychosis of a of a killer mm. in seeing like how aggressive they are it's not just a lot of a lot of slasher movies now you don't really you kind of don't take killing seriously as silly as it sounds because of course we take like people dying these days seriously but mm-hmm. in more recent slasher movies it's just like it's kind of funny it's just oh there's a killer with a mask stab someone and you don't sort of analyze actually what's happening and analyze the actual like the actual killer the person themselves whereas like yeah you because... see that in this one you see that he's like angry and aggressive his like face his mask is shaking with anger 
when he's stood above her with a knife about to penetrate. Yeah, I mean, um, to be honest, that's because of most horror films nowadays. There's this torture porn kind of trend that yeah. Saw started, um, oh, yeah. and there's not a really lot of uh, there's not a lot of investment uh in the characters drew barrymore's performance was so great that you immediately did feel sorry for her mm. um and what she was going through um but talking about actually caring for characters we should probably talk about sydney uh prescott yeah uh, played by nev campbell yeah. uh who i think is amazing um i would say that sydney is the best final girl in the horror genre yeah she's amazing she's really uh she's really tough independent She's a proper strong female character, which the actions, you know, speak for themselves. Yeah. Um, rather than having you, you know, nowadays always beat over your head with a stick yeah, about really. how strong, like, a female yeah. is, say, for example, Rey in Star Wars, which we've spoken about at length before. Yeah. Um, you don't need that. They effortlessly show you that she's a strong, independent woman and that she could look after herself. Yeah. By the very fact that she, you know, spoiler alert, does all right in the other films i guess oh yeah we should say if you haven't seen this please do not watch this go and watch it first because we're going to be discussing this really in depth uh mm-hmm. and and revealing uh who the who the killer is um but yeah she's great i mean there's one great line that she has as well where um she's talking to uh the killer on the phone uh and he's asking her what her favorite scary movie is mm-hmm. and um she's like oh you know i don't watch that shit uh it's all about it's always about some big breasted girl who should be running up the stairs running out the front door when she yeah yeah, she's always running up the stairs when she should be running out the front door it's really insulting yeah and then two minutes later what happens yeah she she does the same thing instead of getting the lock instead of instead of running out the door she goes up the stairs so it's full of really clever things like that it's realistic though that bit because a lot of i i sometimes think like you know just spend an extra two seconds pull the lock out of the little catch go out the front door but in that moment, you don't have enough time. You don't know what it's True. like in that moment. True. So it's easy you to know. say not watch it. That's what they're trying to say there. It's, it's easy, easy to say to that say watching a horror good. film, oh, I wouldn't do this, I wouldn't do that. But when you're in the situation, it's very different. You might pick the banana up instead of the gun. <laughs> yeah. um, it's an interesting one because over the years, it's kind of developed like a comedic value to it. Like, I think sadly, which is why we've decided to do this movie, is kind of like bring it up, resurface it, if you like, for everyone to sort of rekindle their love for it. Because over the years, it's kind of been forgotten and made a bit of a laugh and stuff, I feel like. I would even go as far as saying, like, in terms of comedy, like, scary movie isn't thought of that much sort of far... Scary movie. Scary movie did ruin this, though. But, like, yeah, there's... You think... You don't take this as a serious horror movie, do you? Like, if if you said... Like, you said this is your favourite horror movie... Mm. A lot of people might say, well, it's not really a horror movie because it's, it's more funny than not. But I think that's what's amazing about the opening scene. That opening scene is proper serious, proper sad, scary. It is. It is, it is and quite traumatic. 100%. I mean, I, I don't really find it funny, to be honest. I mean, it's it's kind of like, it's cleverly funny. Yeah. Like it's not an out-and-out out comedy like, like scary Craven movie. Like cameo. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, when he's dressed up as Freddy Krueger. Yeah. That was that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, actually... We haven't mentioned this. Uh, we went through the opening scene, but didn't mention this. But the actual ghost face uh, persona, mm. um, that to me is one of the most frightening uh, horror movie villains of all time. Probably the most. Mm. Um, the mask itself is really clever because it's almost like 
the, the way the mask is, it's almost like it's mocking the face of its victim. Do you know they couldn't use that the mask they wanted initially, and they had to change. They had to keep changing it. You see it in the opening scene. It switches between the one that they eventually end up using in the film yeah. and the one that they were forced to use at the yeah. beginning. You actually kind of see that. They found one, and yeah, they weren't allowed to use it. And then in the end, yeah, they got their man. They got they got the rights to it, but um, yeah, that's that's what I love about. It. Obviously, it's based on the the painting, the scream. I'm sure you've seen that. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but I find that kind of what's great about it, there's a weird, like, almost like a sadness to it. I mean, the mask is obviously scary, but just in the way the eyes are shaped yeah. and, and the fact that it is screaming, it, there's a, almost kind of a, a sadness to it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I very much like the fact that it looks like it's mocking the person that it's about to kill, because obviously that's their face as well when they're seeing yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it works on Good many point. different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's, he's one of the scariest. And, and what, what else is scary about it is it's not one person. Uh, throughout the course of the four films, so many people take up that mantle. So that's another frightening element. The mystery uh, behind it makes it yeah. even scarier. I think Wes Craven's brilliant there, deserves the credit there. Because it's the first time, I mean, there's obviously been a lot of horror movies before Scream in 96. Yeah. Released in 96. Oh, many, yeah. The horror movie franchise had died out by that point. Yeah, it had died out and he really resurrected it. And 100%. He, I feel like he put like a new spin on it, like in terms of like, oh, multiple suspects getting you hooked on who it is, then just completely delivering like a curveball and you just don't know what to think, which is how it should be done. Obviously, you don't want to find out who it is in the beginning or just have a whole film where you find out at the end and that's it. There's loads of different curveballs and sucker punches they throw at you throughout. Absolutely. It's like it's very multifaceted in that way. It, it works. It's not, it's not just a horror, I would say. It's a, it's a thriller and a mystery as well. And obviously there's some elements of comedy as well. Um, you really like the music. I, I pointed out to you while we were watching it that the music is very odd. Mm. Uh, when you, the, like the main theme. Um, I love the music. And that's, I mean, one of the main reasons I like it is because what I'm about and why I'm doing this whole YouTube channel is because I love things that you just don't get anymore. It's so timeless in the, you know, Cut to the chase. That's the choir, isn't it? You love it's the choir. Like Sydney's theme, you know, the the opening theme, the ending. I just, yeah, I love like the choir, but I just love that '90s feel. And it's not just oh, you love it because it's nostalgic. It's because, like I said, it is timeless, and still to this day, I, in my opinion, it's still amazing music. And you've never seen anything like it since. We've never seen any movies with that kind of music in since. And it's just like. That's why it's perfect, and that's why we love nostalgia. I think what's great about it is it's very clearly of its time. It's very clearly the 90s, whereas yeah. everything post 2000s, say from like maybe mid to maybe 2005 onwards, every movie that has come out since could be could have been done now. Mm. They're all there's no distinctiveness, distinctive no. qualities to them. Whereas this and many other 90s films are very clearly of that time. Mm. Um, what would you say about the acting? Um, I think it's pretty strong all across the board. I mean, the only person that I'm really not too fond of, this is probably going to be really controversial, is uh, Jamie Kennedy as Randy. Um, yeah. He works in some scenes, but there's some scenes where he's really kind of awkward and, and off. And you said at one point, there was a point where you said he, he delivered a line really badly. Yeah. Um, I, he's not quite as strong as everybody else. No, I mean, I only had, there was only one line that I thought was clear, not up to scratch, but I mean... I really like Randy, and I mean, oh, I don't want to give like spoilers out, but in the second one, it really upset me. Oh, yeah. Because um, that's another brilliant thing. I mean, we'll talk about that, obviously, but I really didn't expect that in the second one. Mm-hmm. But like, no, I, I love Randy. I think Randy is like, 
another main character in his own right in that he sort of wrote the script to this movie himself with the rules that he sort of underlines for for us to to set the set it set the road if you like for the for horror movies to come he he clearly laid out or and the yeah. horror movies that had been he lays out all the all the kind of uh, tropes of the yes. horror movie genre there's clear tropes in a horror film we always know what's going to happen mm. that's why they get so boring now is because they're very predictable mm. uh, whereas this wasn't but yeah that's an iconic scene where he's you know the house party at the end when he's saying there are certain rules in order to survive a horror movie yeah and he tells them and that scene to me is the most iconic scene in the film because it really symbolizes what that movie is about mm. it's literally telling the audience this is what to expect yeah. but we're not going to do that he does it later in the series as well in the trilogy if you remember yes on, on that tape where he says scream three yeah yeah when he says like oh you're going to learn something you're going to take a trip back to the past you're going to learn something you never knew before mm-hmm. and that's amazing because that's not just in horror films that's in other films like spider-man trilogy the dark knight rises yeah, yeah. that role is for so many things when you realize it and it's just that's why I think he's he's such an important part of this. Yeah, I mean his character is fantastically written. Um, I I do. He's not really he's not so bad, but I think because everybody else is like really strong. Yeah. He's kind of like a bit of a weak link to me. Uh, yeah. Courtney Cox was a stroke of genius casting her to play this really yeah. uh, self obsessed kind of bitch essentially. Yeah. Uh, when on at the time she was playing Monica Geller on Friends, who was like a really sweet, nice character. Uh, yeah. uh, so it was great. That was kind of almost a risk casting her. Mm. Uh, Friends had just started. I think it had only been on for two years by that point. I oh, really, I was going to say, yeah. When did it? How long had she been on Friends? So she'd been on Friends since '94. This came out '96. '94, God. Yeah. God. So. Um, yeah, uh, she was. Uh, that that was that was a that was very uh, um, kind of novel move to kind of cast her in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have David Arquette, um, who went on to play her love interest in yeah. in this, uh, and was also married to her in real life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of strange, David Arquette. He's very off and quirky, isn't he? Yeah, I can't tell if he's like acting or meant to be weird or. If he is just strange. I think uh, he is really strange in real life. If you watch his interviews, he's very quirky. Is he? Mm. But, yeah, Gail Weathers was actually one of my favourite characters, but purely based on this one scene where Sydney approaches her after the punch, like, in their first encounter. Oh, yeah, go through that scene. You really love that scene. Yeah, I love it. She winds up, she approaches her, and she's like, not another step further or something like that. Yeah, because Sydney's just punched her previously. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's the second meeting after that. And um, she winds up, sort of trying to convince Gail that Cotton Weary was the killer and that she knows everything. And Cotton Weary was the killer of her mother. Cotton Weary, yeah. We'll come back to that, the backstory. Um, except, and it ends up turning, I love how Courtney Cox's character ends up flipping that scene completely on its head and sending Sydney into this sort of like spiral of sort of questioning herself. And like, you can really see it in Neve Campbell's eyes as well. Really good acting. Amazing but, acting from her. Yeah, I just I thought that was brilliant because it completely makes you think completely well. You're not just sort of thinking, you know, yourself like, oh, I still kind of believe. It makes you you believe Gail Weathers what she's saying. It's great. Everything you start she's saying makes sense. You start questioning the main character yeah. who your loyalties really lie with up until that point, and yeah. then suddenly you are not so sure of her too. Yeah, uh, it's great. I mean, Neve Campbell does a, a tremendous job. She's she is like the hero of this. 
of the series and there's another great moment as well where she's in the toilets and um she hears like two high school bitchy high school girls uh, talking yeah. about her mom calling her a slut and stuff mm. and she's just in the toilet and she's just you can just see the pain on her face hearing that conversation um mm. and considering it was only like what her second or third film mm. it's pretty impressive yeah um and you know also i really appreciate how they had that sort of the high school the american high school comedy about it but still managed to remain in that horror demographic. Like there are so many things nowadays, like where they, you've, I feel like you've seen it, you've seen it all now. Like, I don't really want to go into other films, but I have to do here. Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> it was just like, it was, it felt like it was filmed too much sort of in like giving you the high school experience. And I didn't want to see that. I didn't give a shit about that. But when they did it in Scream, it felt right. And I mean, maybe it's because it had a nostalgic feel to it, you know. But It's that. It's the way, I think it's the context of the film as well. Yeah. And um, I think the way they portray it as well. It's very natural. Uh, the high school that you do see in Scream is kind of like, it's very relatable. I don't know what it is. I think maybe it's the people they chose, yeah. uh, the cast and, and the performances they give. But it seems very real. Yeah. Um, whereas in something like, say, Spider-Man Homecoming, it doesn't feel... As, I guess that's a superhero film as well, so it's not really fair to compare it because it's yeah. kind of heightened reality as well. Yeah. Um, but one thing we should go back to was you were saying about the red herrings, yeah. um, the, which was a great part of it. Um, you have that, was it one of, the, one of the red herrings was that creepy principal? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Fonz from Happy Days. Yeah. Some of the stuff he says is really strange, isn't he? So when he's like, he's like, oh, what would be, what would be fair? They're saying like, oh, you're uh, an expelled. Both of you expel, get out of here. And they like, obviously moan, and he's just like, he's just, they're like, oh, that's not fair, that's not fair. He's like, no, what what would be fair is if I, like, cut your, gut your insides and hung you up. Threatening them with scissors at the, while yeah, he's doing it. So hung that kind you up of... at a tree, and it's just like, that makes you wonder, makes if... him a suspect automatically. Because if he's talking that blasé about something and referencing yeah. a student who died just last night in the yeah. same way, you yeah. think, like, Okay, this guy's clearly not not all, all there. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing with the red herrings is obviously Sydney's dad, who's a major one. They keep pointing to him. He's absent for most of the film. Yeah. Um, but he, they're really putting the focus on him. And strangely, uh, the other two characters they put the focus on, well, mostly one character is Billy, the boyfriend, Billy Loomis. Yeah. Um, the obvious boyfriend. It seems obvious now. Yeah. There's uh, always that spotlight over him for the entire movie, isn't there? Mm-hmm. For then you sort of... That's what Wes Craven did brilliantly in his scripts. It's like you kept, you sort of, it was like a, it was like a double bluff, wasn't it? In the sense that it was like, oh, you know, surely it's this guy, it's the boyfriend. He looks a bit shady, he's a bit of a shady character. And then you kind of, and then you second guess yourself. He's got you second guessing yourself, which is amazing in its own right. Being like, well, no, because that's, that's too simple. It's too obvious. It's too obvious. And then by mid, by the middle of the film, you're kind of like, no, no, definitely not. And then obviously at the end, you find out there's two. I think Matthew Lillard, Lillard, is it? Shaggy, yeah. Yeah, he was, um, I thought he was really good in it as well. I mean, his performance was, I don't know what he was on in that film. He was doing some strange things. His performance was at 11 the whole way. He was doing some crazy things, but he was entertaining and he kind of stole every scene he was in as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll get to the end, Mm. that amazing uh, house party at the end uh, when the reveal happens and his performance there is just, Manic. Um, like Randy said, it all concludes at a house party. That's true. That's true. It always does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because they point to Billy and Stu quite a few times. When you watch it back, 
there's a lot of hints. There's that fountain scene, you know, the iconic scene where they're all, all the group of friends are sitting around the fountain. Oh, yeah. And just the way Billy and Stu are kind of reacting to each other. Um, if you watch it again, you'll notice the hints um, in the video store as well when they both confront Randy and kind of Billy's in front of him, like pointing the finger at Randy saying, how do we know you're not the killer? Yeah. Uh, and Stu's just kind of on Randy's back. Yeah. And they're both like kind of almost teaming up on him. They're both trying to like cover each other, aren't they, at the same time? Yeah. Like when he's like, oh, how do you, how do you gut someone or something? And then Stu's like, well, you take a knife and you cut him from like the sternum to... Yeah, and then Billy's like, hey, it's called tact, you fuck rag. So yeah. he's like, he's basically telling him, look, shut the fuck up because you're yeah. giving it away. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's filled with really clever things like that. So when you watch it on repeat, it's even better. Yeah. Um, that's what's great about it. There's so many things in there. We were noticing so many things today, actually. Um, it's because we did proper research, like proper YouTubers <laughs> beforehand. We just watched this beforehand, which I didn't know we were going to do until I got here. But yeah, you... I've actually been watching bits of it throughout the week, but I'm so glad we watched it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, why not? It's great. I'd watch it every day. Um, yeah, yeah. One thing I, I did find a bit strange, there's a couple of things which are kind of questioned in this. Um, Billy was a suspect due to having a cellular telephone. Cellular telephone, yeah. Were they really that uncommon in the 90s, in 1996? I don't know. Were they I, really that rare? I remember my mum, I remember opening the glove compartment in my mum's old Nissan Micra. And her having one of the brick ones. Oh, yeah, like, the Nokias. Yeah, it was a yeah. brick that was like as tall as your head and had the little antenna. But this was a smaller one. This was a that um, Billy had. So, I don't know. I yeah, because looking back, I don't think they were that uncommon then. We're always encouraging comments. So, please, if you know when, like, the first actual small hand-sized, not one as big as your head, but hand-sized one came in, let us know. And uh, another thing uh, to help us out on would be, um, there's that scene, obviously, like I mentioned before, when Sydney goes into the toilet and she's kind of hearing those two girls bitch about her and her mother. Mm. Um, they leave. She comes out just to, like, wash her face and stuff because she's been crying. Yeah. And um, a ghost face comes out of the cubicle and attacks her. Yeah. We say is that a ghost face because... Is it the ghost face or is it a student pissing about? Because you see students piss, pissing about before. That's what the yeah. principal was expelling those two kids for before. I mean, the only sort of thing we thought was the fact, very fact that this person has a knife. So, but other than that, it's like the noises they make and stuff. He doesn't have a knife. That's the thing. He pops out of the cubicle and he just jumps on her and he he's making a really weird a noise. No, he doesn't have a knife, no. I thought he did. But obviously, they're not going to want to kill her just yet anyway. So it's yeah. just to scare her. But yeah. I don't know. So if anyone knows that, that'd be that'd be helpful. Mm. Um, you have that scene, actually, just beforehand where there's there's a hint at Billy's motivation. Uh, talking about his mum uh, leaving his dad. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, and that's, that's something that's uh, interesting um, looking back on it. Actually, you know, one thing I did notice is that there's a shot when he does reveal his motivation and in fact that the reason why um, Billy killed Sydney's mum, uh, the reason why he did it is because she was sleeping with his dad. Yeah, and his mum. Find out at the end. Yeah. You get a little glimpse of that. Get a little glimpse of it. Motive, yeah, you? his mum moved out and abandoned him. I noticed there's a shot of Stu looking very clueless and shocked, and it's almost like he didn't know that was Billy's motivation. Yeah. So Stu was basically doing all this, helping Billy just for the, the lols. Yeah, I feel like Billy was the main one. Stu was the sort of the sidekick. The goofy sidekick, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, there's 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 things. Another thing to actually to question as well. Uh, actually, not question. It's really fucking stupid. You know that bit when uh, Sydney and um, Tatum are in the supermarket. Yeah. And you see Ghostface in yeah. the like in in the in the reflection of the the freezer or something. Yeah. That was that. I'm sure they had like cameras in in little corner shops. How would he be able to walk around like that though? Yeah. In the middle of the day as well. Yeah. I, and that's, I don't understand the thought process behind that scene, but yeah. They do, they do like, kind of almost make out that this killer maybe could supernat- be supernatural by yeah. things like that. Because yeah, you've got that, you've got the bit where they say that he he killed the principal and hung him up on the, you know, the guy that hung him up on the goalpost at school. Yeah. Like, And that was in the daytime as well, so it's like, how would he be able to get away with all this shit? Mm. But those are minor quibbles anyway, I can't really complain about it too much. No. Um... Yeah, overall great film. We're going to do the other two, aren't we, as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, other two? There's another three. Oh, uh, yeah, you want to do four, don't you? Yeah, I love four. I, I think four is brilliant as well. We'll go. We'll obviously talk about four, but I think if you're going to be doing a screen make, if you like, I think I think they did it perfectly and the twist was perfect. But, yeah, I just obviously clinging on to nostalgia. The, the, oh, the that. twist and scream four, you mean? Yeah. I mean, now it has less effect because you're expecting two killers. I mean, the great thing about this one was that it was unexpected because not only had they been pointing at Billy the whole time, mm. and it turned out to be him, mm. but it was also unexpected because it turned out he had a partner in all this as well. Yeah. Stu. So, I mean, that had never been done before. Now you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's not such a big deal. But back then that had never been done before. So that was yeah. really, really unexpected and really groundbreaking to have two killers and it's more realistic as well because no one no one person could pull this off so i mean people kind of saying now that oh yeah it's not really a big deal at the time it was it was it's just because it's been replicated so much since then um i think i think skeet ulrich um, and matthew lillard towards the end the end scene were absolutely fantastic i think they both came into their own i think skeet ulrich was like just a bit of like an awkward wooden boyfriend had nothing to him really you don't remember him for much when he's the boyfriend but at the end it's almost like he as an actor he find his he finds his niche in in that killer because his acting all of a sudden like elevates to another level yeah he and like both he, of them are brilliant together at the end i think oh absolutely he played a psychopath really well yeah. um it's funny because before that he just seems a bit like a discount johnny depp I think he was known as that as well, um, but he's he's really great in that last scene. Um, in fact, there's so many points to cover in that last scene. Uh, you've got the iconic garage death uh, from Tatum, you know, where she gets yeah stuck in the garage, which was garage famously spoofed in Scary Movie as well. A little Casper reference in that scene too. Oh yeah. Um, it's kind of cool as well because after he kills her, he then shows up at the front door at Stu's house. And if you notice very closely, it's very subtle. You have to watch very closely, but he gives him a little heads up as to say, I've done it. It's done. Do you remember? He kind of yeah, yeah, raises yeah, his yeah. eyebrows yeah. a couple of times just to, to signal to him, yeah, I've yeah, killed it. The green light is done, yeah. I mean, there's there's so many uh, brilliant things in that. There's also the scene where um, like the kids are watching Halloween at the house party at the end. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, because Courtney Cox's character has set up CCTV cameras inside the house, yeah. they're also watching them watching that horror film from the, the CCTV um, you've got the bit where Jamie Kennedy is like, he's watching Jamie Lee Curtis on screen in Halloween. And he's like, Jamie, Jamie, look out behind you. Yeah, and as that's happening, Jamie, yeah. Ghostface is coming up behind him. Yeah. 
and it's like it's very um uh, how do you put it it works on so many levels jamie kennedy's basically the irony of him saying look out jamie look yeah. out behind you yeah and you're also doing the same thing yeah. watching him i didn't see that before but yeah it's so good and then also while that's happening they're watching from the van the cctv footage and as he's saying look out behind you they're also going jamie look at like yeah. look out behind you kid so it's it's amazing it works on so many levels like that um, which is what makes this like so clever um also in that bit Fun fact, Skeet Ulrich, who plays uh, Billy, is actually in the costume at that point, standing behind Randy with a knife. Ah, okay. Yeah, because no, normally you have a stuntman kind of do those things. Yeah. Um, there was one, actually another thing. Sorry, I'm talking so much here. No, There's okay. so much to cover in this scene. No, I just realised, like, when you say something, I'm going to make it sound like, like I'm really interested. Just everything you say, I'm going to be like... Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, 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 that's good. That's a good point. Yeah. So Why is it? To, is it? Is it not interesting? No, no, just to keep the like listener interested. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To make it sound interest, more interesting than yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it is. No, it is. Um, but there was one thing I noticed just this time watching it actually. Yeah. Uh, something about Billy's character. He always relates everything to a film. He's always relating real life to film. Like he'll he'll yeah. say like, you know, when he's just about to have sex with Sydney. Yeah. And he's like. Uh, Oh, this is like the scene in Silence of the Lambs where even in them moments, yeah, he's he's, he's doing that himself from reality. Yeah. That's it. It shows that he is removed from reality by relating everything to films, and he, he has a great deal of knowledge about horror films, mm. clearly from that, um, which was also displayed by the killer in previous scenes. Yeah. So that's a massive hint there um, that he is one of them. That he is a psychopath. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's the main he's the main killer in that, isn't he, with the motive and everything. He is. Like we said, yeah, it's so clear that Stu, after after watching it, realised, yeah, very much the sidekick in this. Yeah, because Stu couldn't pull that off on his own. No. There's also a really clever part, you know, when they're actually about to have sex. Mm. And, like, Randy's watching Halloween downstairs. Yeah. And he's like, oh, here comes the obligatory tit shot or something. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. When Jamie Lee Curtis takes her clothes off. Yeah. And then as that's happening, parallel to that, they show... Nev Campbell taking her top off. Hands yeah. It's like that, that, that's those little moments are what makes this film like it's yeah. so so clever. And, it's um, so much more, isn't it, than just a a little comedic little slasher movie. A little horror, yeah. Because nowadays horrors very rarely have much much substance to them. Yeah, they're more laughable now unless it's sinister, insidious, or The Conjuring, which to me are all sort of very similar. Yeah, and... I, I mean, this was so fresh. I mean, even the scene where, you know, you find out Billy and Stu are the killers and they're like then trying to figure out how they're going to get away with it. Yeah. And they start stabbing themselves, start yeah. stabbing each other. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously trying to not do it fatally so they can get away with it. Yeah. Uh, and do a sequel, which is... A funny line where there's like these days you gotta have a sequel baby yeah and it's kind of like poking fun at it the, yeah. the horror film series the horror film yeah. genre died because of too many sequels mm. so again just poking fun constantly that last scene where they're stabbing each other is so sadistic and it's really overly bloody isn't it actually yeah you would think that it was i think people do laugh at it now but i think it's still shocking to see that yeah see these two guys and just remember as well these guys are probably like 17 years of age yeah. And they're such sadistic, psychotic like killers. That, when you dissect it like that, yeah. it's, it's horrific. Like the psychology behind it, yeah, it is insane. Um, but yeah, Math- Matthew Lillard's performance in that in that scene is again. He goes, he just keeps his energy is just so manic, yeah. and he's stealing the whole thing. I mean, there's some great improvised lines in those scenes where he's like, uh, 
You know that bit when it... Uh, it gets uh, hit in the head with a phone. Yeah, which was done by mistake. So like, what happened is... in the head with a phone, dick. <laughs> yeah. So what happened was that he was... I think Billy was just supposed to throw the, the phone down. Yeah. Uh, but what happened is... Because he's got all this like corn syrup on his hand mm. from like the blood. Mm. He throws it. It gets stuck to his hand so it doesn't come off when it's supposed to. Yeah. And it hit Matthew Lillard in the back of the head. Yeah. And he just comes out with that line. Yeah. Um, and then it's followed up with the one, you know, when Sydney's like, uh, I called the police. Yeah. And he's like, my mum and dad are going to be so mad at me. Yeah, that's brilliant. Like, I love that. Mad. It's disturbing, but it's so funny. Love that. Um, um, I just think they're classics, aren't they? The, the Scream trilogy. They are. They are. I mean, we're going to do all of them, um, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, about a shadow of a doubt. Definitely. I, I can't wait to watch them. I'm, I'm not going to watch. If we're going to watch two and three and four together, then yeah, I won't watch them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you watched this all week, didn't you? Yeah. Bits of it. Bits and bobs, but watched it in full tonight and to be able to ascertain yeah. all the info I wanted. But yeah, even I discovered some new points today. So um, hmm. there was actually one more fun fact. Um, there's the bit, you know, when um, Nev Campbell is dressed up as Ghostface, you know, when she pops out of the cupboard yeah. and surprises Billy and just stabs, stabs him with the umbrella. umbrella. Yeah. She actually stabbed him for real there. And the place where she actually stabbed him, he had just recently got, like, uh, I think it was, like, some kind of surgery oh they had got, like, some really serious surgery. And she stabbed him right in the wound. Yeah. So that genuine reaction of pain that you get from Skeet Ulrich yeah. is, is real. Just falling to the floor. Just falling to the floor, yeah. Mm. And she did the same with the guy in Scream 3 as well. You know the killer where she comes up behind him with the, I think it's, like, an ice pick or something? Yeah. And she stabs him in the back. She missed the padding and got him in the neck. Oh, really? Yeah. So never, ever do a fight scene with Nev Campbell because yeah. she will stab you. Yeah, she'll find an area <laughs> with a snow padding. Right? She'll get oh, you where it really hurts. Oh, yeah, I remember that bit now. Yeah. So even his, his genuine, his, his scream is genuine. Um, God. But yeah. But what a film, man. Mm. It, it's just so... This is what I want to do because I think everybody watching this who kind of grew up with it and even who, who were born before it came out, they know why it's great. They know why it's so fresh and why it's such a revolutionary film for the horror genre. Yeah. What I want to do is direct this video to people who perhaps watched it, like maybe people born after the 2000s, maybe, who watched it and thought, oh, there's, there's nothing to it. This is just some silly old 90s horror film. Um, I want them to take another look at it and really, so think about, really think about what we've been saying. Um, and I think you will be, you'll, you'll see it in a different way. Mm. Um, you just got to put it into context, really. That's what it's about. You've got to imagine where horror was in the nineties and what this film did for horror. Uh, and then you'll see what a, what, what a gem it is. Yeah. It's horrors have granted horrors have gotten scarier over the years, but it's sort of like this film doesn't need that almost because of what it is. It's so, it's so pure. Um, and yeah, people really who haven't seen it need to watch it because it just reminds me of, I mean, you said it was sort of a time when it came out, when it was released, it was a time when horror was sort of dying. It was but, dead, it had been dead. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, I remember just sort of when I was younger being in, you know, visiting blockbusters, love visiting blockbusters and looking in the horror section mm. and yeah, going to video stores and seeing these covers of videos and thinking, yeah, I want to see that, I want to see that. And Scream was one of them. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
And I watched it at like 10 or something silly like that. Yeah, I, I think I watched it at pretty early. Probably not soon after it came out. I shouldn't have been, and it scared the scared the shit out of me. How old were we in 96? We were five. Fuck, yeah. yeah. So I watched it not soon afterwards. I remember my aunt got it from Blockbusters, and yeah. kind of said, you can't watch this. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so yeah. I was upstairs watching Batman uh, yeah. at the time, but I would sneak down and just yeah. try and get as much as I could. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, it's very nostalgic. It's actually a very nostalgic film. Uh, a different one to the ones we've been reviewing so so far. I thought we were getting a bit complacent and stale with our 90s kids movies. Yeah. So we just wanted to do this to kind of freshen things up a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I hope we have. Uh, and I hope you've enjoyed listening to this. I think we're, we're pretty much done. much done now. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Yeah. We've we've hopefully returned the high after after the last one. After the, um, and the just, yeah. catastrophe that Space Jam was. Yeah, I just thank you for everyone who's taken the time to listen all the way through. Please subscribe, obviously, because uh, we make new videos every week. Uh, go back and view the other ones uh, to get an idea of what we're about, because the last one may have not been our finest hour, but before that we like to think we've done some good content and um, yeah don't forget to like our page on facebook and yeah go and follow us on twitter as well at scooter underscore radio 19 uh, and on facebook as well uh, we've got a facebook page on there um i said face i don't know oh you did say oh okay <laughs> sorry I, I said don't forget to like our facebook page. oh shit okay but i guess yeah that's the, not the same as following it maybe it is yeah, yeah. i've got facebook anymore but, uh, um, but uh, yeah this went well see we didn't need drew barrymore no we didn't we we're brilliant but do we know what we're doing next yes um so we're we should have really done this today we're going to go see toy story 4 um this this coming week so that will be our next video yeah um so that will be our first That'll actually be a, a, a new one for us, a first for us, because it's the first film that's come out since we've been doing this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that'll be different. Um, and we're massive Toy Story fans. Um, so, yeah, stay, uh, stay tuned. that interesting, yeah. I've got no idea what to expect from that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Well, the reviews look bloody amazing. So, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that'd be good then. So, expect a video uh, next weekend of that. And, yeah, once again, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.